Now, if you'll let me be one of you, I will do anything. D- did you meet my black wife? <laughs> She's the ugliest woman in North America. <laughs> From the smallest room in New York City, she likes to munch box. Comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Since we last spoke, New York City elected a new mayor. New York City Crime Report would like to offer sincere and jubilant congratulations to a long shot that came through and now gives us the hope that we previously dared not have for a new day in New York City. Mayor-elect Curtis Sliwa, we salute you and await your swearing in with great anticipation. As I said, we'd like to say that. Unfortunately, instead of a breath of fresh air or even a measure of common sense, we're getting confirmation of the fact that New York City loves its big city ideology more than it hates its big city problems. Eric Leroy Adams will be sworn in as the 110th mayor of New York City. I don't think I'd have much skill at campaigning. I'd rather under-promise and over-deliver, but that's no way to bullshit the public. But having done stand-up for about 25 years, I do think I understand a little bit how Eric Adams feels right now. Outgoing, finally, Mayor Bill de Blasio will be a tough act to follow. In comedy, people assume it's hard to follow somebody who killed, but mostly it's pretty easy. The audience is already laughing, so you just kind of ride the wave to a degree but occasionally you get someone who stinks up the room so bad that nothing is fucking funny anymore. So, Eric Adams, have a great set. And I'll be having a great set November 14th. That's this coming Sunday, if you don't know, uh, at uh, the Seven Sirens Brewery. They're in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. If you live in Bethlehem or anywhere near Bethlehem, come to Bethlehem, and uh, I'll see you there. I'll be appearing with a very funny stand-up comic who's been doing comedy on the road for a number of years, has worked all over the country, and uh, is uh, here with me right now, Felicia Gillespie. Hey, Felicia. Hi. So um, are you excited about our new mayor? I don't know anything about it. Oh, really? Yes. But it's a feeling of excitement just knowing that he's new. I just found out. It was just you <laughs> did. There was an election. <laughs> yeah, I understand how you feel. I wasn't paying as much attention to that at one time either. Now uh, we had Giuliani, who did a great job. He was America's mayor. He cleaned up the city. He turned Times Square around to get rid of the squeegee guys. He got rid of all the pissing. He got rid of all the crime in the streets. And then Bloomberg followed him, and uh, people were, you know, like, "Hey, Bloomberg." I guess he was all right, you know. And um, so that's why I say that you're a stand-up. Do you know what I mean about following somebody who's pretty funny? Yes. It's easier, right? No, not all the time. Not all the time, of no, course. No, no. But you I mean, break the audience back down and build them back up to be your own audience. Mm. So you have to, you know, have a few minutes of silence, I think. That's too much trouble. I just, I say, I'm still the last guy. You ride the wave? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I expend as little effort as possible. Okay. Um, but I, I, I think that really, in, in reality, somebody who just tanks so bad that they make everybody nervous. I feel like that's the Bill de Blasio of comedians, you know. You know, when you think about it, like, that's, it's it's a pretty good analogy, you know? Like, everybody is so on edge right now that, like, fuck knows what's going to happen. Oh, shit. And that's the kind of, uh, yeah, you've seen people bomb like that before, right? Yes, definitely. Not only did you not get laughs, but, I mean, phew, man, they, <laughs> they're kind of sure you're not really a stand-up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I think what does that worse than anything is having uh, an arrogance while you're on stage. Oh, yes, yes. The audience's arms are crossed. Yeah. They're like, you're wrong. 
we don't kind of like what you're sort of all about here. And fuck you mm-hmm. for talking to us that way. And that's another thing I think that a lot of the city feels too. You know, just, I can't stop talking about stand up now because it's one of my favorite things to talk about. But when you have somebody who is somebody that the audience feels like they're supposed to like and they really try to like, usually they're like the turning point in a show where like you have five funny people in a row, four funny people in a row, whatever. And then you have this person and they're not funny at all. Right. But there's somebody, you know, you're kind of supposed to want to like for some reason or another. (laughs) Maybe a really vulnerable seeming, uh, you know, nerdy guy who has hearts in the right place or, you know, like, a, you know, any of a num- I'm mean, going to say it, any of a number of like ethnic types that you just kind of have to go like, oh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm for you, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's that's neither here nor there because following that person is very hard. And this is the new mayor, you're saying? Well, no, I'm not. I'm oh, okay. sorry, now we're just talking about stand-up. Okay. <laughs> but I do think it's very hard to do, um, to follow, because they have been trying so hard to like this person. And if you go after that person, not only do they, they figure you're going to be worse, they want you to be, they kind of need you to be worse. Their feeling is that we tried so hard, we've been giving the benefit of the doubt for the last 10 minutes, and it really didn't pay off. So <laughs> make us laugh. This yeah. is on you. You better be funny. That's a moment that I hate. Is oh. is, is is doing. That. I mean, you've done stand up for for a long time. I you know. know. I've quit watching it, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's why I never want to know what's going on on stage ahead of me. I, I'll I'll show the audience what I'm about. Well, there's going to be challenges, you know, because he's the new guy, and I don't think any kind. Of, anytime you have a new guy, you have like a substitute teacher kind of syndrome. Let's 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 fucking test this guy. And uh, Black Lives Matter is wasting no time in doing that. Leaders of the city's Black Lives Matter movement, that's often shortened to BLM on Wednesday, they threaten riots. This is from the New York Daily News, by the way. Riots and bloodshed in the streets if Mayor-elect Eric Adams reverses the abolition of NYPD's controversial anti-crime units. Okay. Now, to me, I would have thought, Wow, anti-crime is what the police are all about, right? Yes. <laughs> but they're like, no. Yes. The, the, the anti-crime units are, uh, I don't I don't know how controversial they actually are. They're plainclothes guys, and they are able to get guns off the streets. That's their whole thing. They take guns off the streets. It's a, it's a proactive kind of thing. They are recognizing clear and present danger and handling it in real time. And, and that's how a lot of uh, problems were getting solved back in the Giuliani and Bloomberg days. Well, during the de Blasio days, just last year, in fact, no more anti-crime unit. It was was dissolved just all at once, right in the middle of that George Floyd shit. Now, uh, this is a quote. If he thinks they're going to go back to the old ways of policing, then we are going to take to the the streets again. There will be riots, there will be fire, and there will be bloodshed because we believe in defending our people, said Hank Newsom co-founder of Black Lives Matter of Greater New York, after a heated meeting with uh, Adams in violent Brooklyn Borough Hall. So there's no way he's going to let some Gestapo come in here and harm our people, Newsom told the Daily News. We pray for peace, but prepare for the worst. Uh, he, He held himself back there because the logical ending of that sentence would be pray for war or prepare for war. Pray for peace, prepare for war. Yeah, this is when we need the anti-crime units the most. Yeah. 
I think so. I mean, like, if they're like, we're going to burn down the city. Oh, shit. We better get some cops out there. We need some people infiltrate. We need something. And I don't know why Gestapo. They think it's the Gestapo if you, if because of stop, question, and frisk. But I am not interested in hearing that argument because uh, it's just, this saves lives. 10,000 lives saved. Mostly black, uh, black and brown people. And brack. Yeah. Black, brack, and brown. And blown. <laughs> So uh, on the campaign trail, uh, Adams drew ire from the progressives by vowing to reinstate the anti-crime units, which were disbanded at the height of the protests last year. We will shut the city down. We will shut down City Hall, and we will give him hell and make it a nightmare, said Shavona Newsom. Uh, that's uh, a BLM co-founder, sister of Hank. Sounds like an insurrection is being planned. I would say that's true. Yeah. I think that this is conspiracy to insurrect and uh, that that needs to get handled right now. We need the capital police on this. The capital the capable capital police. Oh my god, those guys. They don't let anything bother them. Uh we will uh shut the city down. And uh, now uh, it says during the sit down, I guess they had a meeting. It took place behind closed doors. It was live streamed on Instagram by an attendee. And Adams and the BLM activists got into a shouting match as they argued over police policies. I don't know that you can get in unless you're in full agreement with a Black Lives Matter representative. Shouting is inevitable. <laughs> unless you want to just be shouted at, you're going to shouting match, right? Right. Don't people usually bring bullhorns to these situations anyway? <laughs> Sit downs with the mayor elect. Yeah. They they need to. Uh, during the uh, sit-down, like I said, I, they ended up uh, shouting over police policies, and the incoming mayor erupted when Hank Newsom told him the organization would hold him responsible for any future misconduct by NYPD officers. Adams replied, You're on the ground. Stop the violence in my community. I'm holding you accountable. How about that? How about that? Don't hold me accountable, Adams went on. Being the mayor, uh, being the borough president... Being the state senator, I put my body on the line for my community. So I'm not here for folks to come by and say, hey, Eric, we're going to hold you accountable. No, it's us. We need to do this together. That's actually a pretty good answer. I mean, maybe he's a good politician and not uh, such a great uh, police captain. I don't know. I mean, he was a police captain by the time he left. He's a former cop. And and that former cop business only goes so far, though, because uh, you know, I, he, there's, I don't want to get into it, but I... Trust me, I know all kinds of really insidery shit. He sounds like a uniter, right? Like they used to call Obama. Oh yeah, was Obama? I I remember George W. Bush saying that. I'm I'm a uniter, not a divider. <laughs> he didn't get it out that clean. <laughs> yeah, Obama was supposed to unite, and did he unite? In fact, I don't think he did. I don't know. They say he did. He divided, my friend. If you look at the racial situation and the and the mood in America when he came in. It was fucking uh, 2008. Everything was pretty good. By the time he left, it's Michael Brown and fucking St. Louis going up in smoke. Not that St. Louis deserves anything other than going up in smoke. I mean, did you ever go to St. Louis and look at the downtown and go, this is nothing a wrecking ball wouldn't fix? Absolutely. Uh, he says, we need to do it together. I do think that is a good response because, like, it, it definitely says, hey, we're working together on this. Or you're work if you're working against me, you are working against us, the city. Uh, well done. But Adam's finger pointing prompted Shavona Newsom, sister of Hank, to interject. You're the mayor of New York. There's only so much we can do. I disagree, Adams replied. Uh, I mean, only so much you can do. 
you threatened to make my life hell. <laughs> you said you were going to. Uh, what was it? Let me let me just uh, go through these things that they feel they can do here. Uh, they said that they weren't. They're going to take to the streets. There will be riots. There will be fire. There will be bloodshed because we believe in defending our people. And uh, we pray for peace, prepare for the worst. We will shut the city down. We will shut down City Hall. You can shut down City Hall? Only so much you can do. We will give him hell and make it a nightmare. Only so much you can do. That sounds like, like that, that really is going from this total power play of a thought. We will shut the city down. And I was like, no, I need your help. Hey, there's only so much we can do. <laughs> I'm holding you accountable. <laughs> what? How about you do us a favor? Just don't burn the city down. How about that? How about just, that? If I make a decision you don't like, don't riot. <laughs> don't guarantee bloodshed, Felicia Gillespie. Uh, where, you're from Pennsylvania. Yes. And uh, Western Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. where many uh, famous quarterbacks are from. I believe Joe Namath, Dan Marino. Tommy Maddox. <laughs> <laughs> I love the rule of three. <laughs> like I love oxygen in my lungs. We need to do this together. I disagree. That's a government issue, she said. Because Shavona Newsom pressed on, telling Adam she believes public safety will improve if, as mayor, he creates better jobs and education. I don't understand the connection. She says that's a government issue. But Adams wouldn't have it. Interrupted Newsom. You need to be corrected. You need to be correct, corrected. Mm-hmm. She had to be corrected. Mm-hmm. Because on what, uh, based on what you're saying, don't tell me I need to do this. Say we need to do this. Okay, this uniter thing. I'm going to give you the second one here. But if you do that shit again, then you just don't have anything. You know, that's a trick you can only do so many times. Like if you get pulled over, you know, you can't be like, we need to stop the speeding. Because we're pregnant. <laughs> And uh, these activists here were furious after the meeting. They're furious because he out-rhetoricked them. It sounds to me like he sort of lassoed them in their own kind of bullshit, and uh, that's they're not used to that at all. They're used to people standing there going, oh, okay, sorry. De Blasio for fucking all this. <laughs> what do you guys want? Now, if you'll let me be one of you, I will do anything. Did, did you meet my black wife? She's the ugliest woman in North America. She's my <laughs> wife. She likes to munch box. Uh, so they were furious. Hank Newsom said he heard nothing from Adams to suggest he will seek to fundamentally reform the NYPD. Because you don't need to fundamentally reform the NYPD. It's had too much reformation as it is. Stop fixing it. It ain't broken. Uh, earlier in the evening, a third activist, Des Marrero, tried to elicit specifics from Adams on his plans for the police department, telling the soon-to-be mayor he uses the word we a lot without elaborating. (laughs) You use the word we a lot. That's an accusation that I could not take without challenging the man to a duel. On the we? We. The Nintendo we. Oh, on the we. Yeah. You use the word we a lot, sir. I would I would slap him with a glove if he said that to me. We've been doing a lot to hold the NYPD accountable, Marrero said. What are you going to do to hold the NYPD accountable? We've been doing a lot. What are you going to do? Adams dismissed the question because, you know, he called him out on that we thing. He's like, ah, 
He said, brother, I mean, have you been living under a rock? Adam said, I like that. Back to back to basics. Adding that he has been uh, fighting injustices over the course of his decades-long career as an NYPD captain and politician. The same things I've been going over the past 35 years, I'm going to continue to do. And maybe you should look at those things I have done. Saying respect, recognize. Dude, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Where are you from? What rock are you from, Munda? Shavona Newsom told the news that after uh, the meeting, she was personally offended by Adam's way of speaking to her and her activists, her fellow activists. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know if it was misogyny or ageism, but as the only woman in the room, as the co-founder of Black Lives Matter of Greater New York, Mayor-elect Adams thought it was the best to correct me, to correct me, and he wants to know how he can hold me accountable. We are holding him accountable whether he chooses to hold himself accountable or not. Accountability, there's there's more to life than accountability, you know? Yeah, like unaccountability. There's that, too. And and, and there's also, you know, just doing your fucking job and uh, not bla- pre-blaming somebody when they had, they're not even in office yet. What are you holding him accountable for? For crying out loud, the fucker's not even sworn in. His hand has not hit a Quran, and he's going to sit there and have to listen to their bullshit. And I like the this is what I like about having a black mayor, because Eric, Eric Adams does happen to be a black man. This woman has to say, I don't know if it was misogyny or ageism, but he sure was shitty. You know, whatever. I don't like the way he talked to me. It's the only woman in the room. She's not saying... You know, the obvious racism, right? That he's not not calling him a racist. They don't have that to say, and I think that might be the root of why they're so angry about how this meeting went. You know, because that's, let's face it, BLM, they're kind of about the racism. I mean, that's the, sure, they've got the fish filet, they've got the chicken nuggets, but, you know, they really made their name on, you know, McRacism, you know, how the hell are you going to uh, figure that out, you know, now because we have a black mayor. I mean, the Bill de Blasio is probably the most racist man in the city, in my opinion, because he's a guy who did not want to have a black police commissioner or, or uh, even though there was somebody in line, it would have been great. And you would think he'd be all about promoting somebody to the top job. Right. But if he had a black police commissioner, he would have nobody to call racist at the top of the NYPD. And he wants to be the blackest guy in the room anyway, Bill de Blasio. So you've lived here in New York now for uh, about a year. Sort of, I guess. I don't <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I don't about? know. I've just been out there. I'm, I'm like confident you lived here last October. Living a gypsy type of life. Okay. You've, I bet, seen a difference in what it was like when you got here and what it's like now. Yes. And uh, imagine it being so much even fucking further back in that process, back in 2012, 13. It was just nice. I bet. People talked about shit uh, in a different way. Everything was open, obviously, and you could go anywhere you wanted. And, and you know, the city that never sleeps, I don't know if it ever was that, because that's Las Vegas. Las Vegas really never goes to sleep. Las Vegas... Is, is up walking around all the fucking time. With its ass out. Yeah. New York, it might get up and take a piss, but it's going right back to sleep. 
it doesn't seem to wake up anymore. That's the thing. It's the city that'll never <laughs> wake up. But it has these same big city problems that all the cities have. You know what else there used to be when I first got here? Is alternative comedy was here when I first got here. Oh, no. <laughs> it was. 2006, the last couple of years, the last sort of uh, death rattle of that type of comedy. And I know that one of your personal favorite comedians is Eugene Merman. <laughs> this is untrue. I don't have a problem with him. Where did he go? <laughs> He's writing for something, probably. Oh, okay. I don't know. I mean, don't isn't that where they usually go? They get behind a camera or they write or... Because I don't see him anymore either. Yeah, maybe he's a voice of something. Probably makes a lot of money in show business. Mm -hmm. Thank God. Personally, I quit show business. And I've never been happier. But uh, I do still perform stand-up, as we will be doing together November 14th. Uh, 7 p.m., Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Seven Sirens Brewery. Get them while you can. Uh, because that, uh, that show is selling fast. And it's such a great lineup. You and me. <laughs> We are a great lineup. We are a great lineup. Sort of dominating the conversation <laughs> no, here, and I apologize. I enjoy listening. <laughs> that's that's really, that's the nicest thing a guest has ever said to me before. <laughs> Alternative comedy, I guess, I think audiences wouldn't tolerate that anymore, maybe. It went too far. Yeah. It became too alternative. You know, yeah. where it wasn't really funny. The whole idea of alternative comedy is to break down the idea of a joke, sort of like get meta about it and go like, here's that joke acted out in an extremely long and tedious way. Do you get it? Mm -hmm. Man, that's that's a, and it's an advanced theme and is not making me laugh. It's like less funny if you get it. <laughs> right. Yes. Brent Weinbach to me is the best one who does that. Yeah. What's what's something he does on stage? That's unusual. <laughs> a lot. I think he divides the audience up into threes and gives them each a sound effect uh, cue. And then when he and then he says, "I'm going to throw a punch," and when I throw this punch, you make this sound to throw the. And then it goes down a road and is kind of long, but it's really absurd. And I just I laugh very. But hard. there's no point of that to begin with. There's no point. That's what's hilarious about it. It's just absurd, which is my favorite type of humor. But you don't do absurd humor, really, that much? Me? Yeah. Oh, I used to, but no, not really anymore that I started making money. <laughs> <sighs> That's You sold out to the man. Yeah. Not Brett Weinbach. He's still up there doing that swinging and making sound effects, which really is not that different from a hypnotist. <laughs> you know, Brett Weinbach, fine gentleman, San Francisco comic. Oh, really? Okay. I think, I think that's where he's he came He's in L.A. From. now, but yeah, that makes sense. Then he's sold out. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, um, the last few years in New York, a growing number of people, myself included, and many of my guests have been talking about a return to the bad old days. and Bail reform, other changes to the criminal injustice system, local and statewide, spurred on in part by the durably ignorant canard of systematic institutional racial bias that's dominated the conversation nationally and even worldwide. And other factors have contributed to a set of social problems which, unlike the fabled racial animus of NYPD, where white officers are actually a minority, uh, they have real and measurable consequences, these social problems, unlike that. So, uh, however, uh, the crime statistics don't tell the story, dramatic as they uh, are here in New York and most areas right now. They really don't fully get it across. Uh, so uh, why don't we do a cold case? From the old days, and uh, now I'm not. This is not by comparison or anything with what it's like now, but this is a cold case. From uh, think back, this is before you were born, Felicia Gillespie, uh, 1976. 
What is that? How long ago? 45 years ago. An 11-year-old girl, watching horror, this is also from the New York Daily News, as the accused... An 11-year-old 11, an 11 girl watched in horror as the accused cold case executioner. That's hard to get your mind around. Accused cold case executioner of a World War I veteran hacked up the victim's body inside his queen's body shop 45 years ago. That means now she's 56. Get the fuck over it. <laughs> a child whose mother was dating murder suspect Martin Mata. Martin Fada later saw the man with black garbage bags at his nearby home, where he dismembered remains of 81-year-old victim George Seitz. Seitz was buried. Uh, he buried him after the December 10th, 1976 robbery and murder. Now, Mata, 74 years old now, finally arrested. They got him. Wow. He's like, that's good, because I was kind of know where the fuck I was going to go. My family doesn't want me. I don't have anybody who cares. Thank you. You know, this reminds me of uh, when I was a kid. Uh, my mom, several nights in a row, we found her uh, with binoculars looking out the window at night. And then she told us about a week later that the neighbor had been digging a hole only at night in down over the hill in his backyard. And uh, and that uh, the final night, day that she told us, she said last night he uh, dragged a uh, a big black garbage bag in that hole and uh, covered it up. And we were like, why have you been not telling us this? Yeah. <laughs> What'd she say? Uh, she think the dog died. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Always thinking the best of people. <laughs> but, uh, w you know, she made it sound like, you know, he murdered somebody, and uh, she really thought that until she put it together that she didn't see the Doberman anymore. <laughs> How deep do you have to dig a hole for a dog? And it was suspicious. He was only digging it at night, so. It's odd. And very deep over several nights. Over several nights. Yeah. I mean, I would think some Western Pennsylvania guy, he could, he, he's going to be able to dig a fucking hole. In the dark. <laughs> Uh, maybe he um, works second shift. Yeah, right. I don't know. Maybe he murdered the Doberman. <laughs> it was unclear if the little girl, now in her 50s, made the 911 call that steered cops to Seitz's final resting place in Mata's backyard two years ago. It was unclear. Uh, but her, her account provides a particularly gruesome twist to the robbery and murder of the elderly veteran. Uh, Queens prosecutor Dan Saunders of Major Case Squad said Thursday that the tipster remained silent for decades due to intimidation and concerns about repercussions. What the fuck? Concerns about repercussions and, and intimidation. This guy cut up somebody. You knew where the body was, the tipster, whoever the fucking tipster was. I, but I assume it's her. It was unclear if it was the little girl. After a certain point, you got to be like... That motherfucker needs to pay. Yes. I need to know we live in a world where people cut up barbers. They pay the price. Now, Mata, whose home was about a mile from his shop. Oh, it was the... Oh, shit. I'm sorry. It was the barber who did the cutting. This is like the fucking... What do you call it? Todd Sweeney? Or Todd something? Sweeney, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Sweeney is middling. <laughs> who in, am I thinking Kansas, of? Kansas City. Sweeney Todd? Yes. <laughs> Sweeney, comma, Todd. His home was about a mile from his shop. He made a Friday court appearance where the now elderly suspect could barely hear the alleged sins of his past. Uh, he arrived in a Queen's Supreme Court wearing glasses and a beige prison outfit. But 
the session to consider his bail in it quickly as the suspect's impaired hearing left him unable to follow the process. Do you wear a hearing aid? Asked Judge Kenneth Holder. No, but I need one, said Mata, who was 29 uh, when he allegedly killed after the elderly man visited the suspect's Jamaica barbershop. So I guess you got it all right there. You're used to cutting hair, then you just start cutting up the body. It would be hard not... <laughs> It'd be hard not to murder somebody if you had all those weapons around and if they annoyed you at all. Yeah. The case was put off until December 3rd. Might expect to receive a hearing device before his return to court. He actually got a delay in the court proceedings by going, Eh? What's that? According to authorities, a long cold case heated up after March 11, 2019. Phone tip directed police to backyard burial site. To the burial site. Now investigators crack through the concrete above the spot to discover... Sight Silvered Pevis. Pe- Did I say Pevis? Mm-hmm. His pelvis. Mm. And parts of his torso. Hey, if you're going to find a part, that's the most important part, right? Mm-hmm. The dick, the trunk of the human being. Uh, the victim's body was dismembered at the neck, shoulder, and hips. Jesus. That's at the hips. You just threw the whole fucking legs away. Where do you put those? Make lamps out of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> the war veteran was targeted because he was known to carry large sums of cash while strolling through the neighborhood. The octogenarian victim, he was old already, was killed after walking into Mata's business named Haircutters. Boy, that is a fucking Haircutters. <laughs> if you go there, you're definitely getting murdered. Haircutters. I want to have a funeral parlor called Dead Fuckers. <laughs> A uh, source has told the news that Sites was apparently stabbed to death and chopped into pieces by his killer. Uh, you know, it's really not, if you bury a body, if you get caught burying a body and they can't pin the murder on you, until very recently that was just a misdemeanor. <laughs> to be, to improperly dispose of a body was just a misdemeanor. Wow. I think they called it the Igor Law. <laughs> Obviously there's a horrible allegation here. Uh, they went into the, the holder asked for prosecutors and more details on the accused killer's past, by the way. Uh, and um, obviously there's a horrible allegation here, and the rap sheet shows only this incident and nothing else, said Holder. So Holder, I guess, is this man's uh, defense attorney. He's like, hold on a second. What the fuck? Uh, this guy's never done anything wrong except kill this one guy. This one guy. I'd like to get a picture of what this defendant's criminal history was. Well, he was held without bail at an earlier hearing. Held without bail seems like, why the fuck? If he was going to run, he'd have done it. You know what I mean? He's 70 fucking four. Held without bail. They bail out all these fucking 20-year-old kids, go out and fucking slap somebody else around, push somebody else in front of a fucking train. That's a revolving door. But this motherfucker who has not killed anybody since 1976... I don't care if he cut up the body. He was a barber. Just a little off the sides. This is fucking hilarious, this sentence. It says, Mata was held without bail at an earlier earlier hearing for the murder committed just months after the U.S. celebrated its bicentennial. <laughs> it's funny to me, for some reason, to tie it back that way. I remember in 1976, everything was fucking the bicentennial. Everything. Yeah. Everything was America-themed. It might have been, like, you know, long lines for gas and... You know, shit was weird in the Middle East, and, you know, had Jimmy Carter wearing a fucking the gayest-looking yellow cardigan you've ever seen. That's what he did. And he'd be like, we got to turn the thermostat down. 
It was 65 degrees in the winter. Nobody liked it. But you know what? It was still so fucking great. Everybody had a blast. Just watch the movies. You'll see what I'm talking about. You know the ones? Like, the, the what's what's the one that you like? I don't know. A River Runs Through It? Yes. Watch A River Runs Through It and get back to me about the old America. Now, Sites was last seen walking towards Mata's shop. It was unclear how much money was stolen. Police said if convicted, he faced a sentence of 25 years to life. <laughs> 25 to life. It's more like life to 25. Yeah. Once investigators recovered the body, officials needed more than two years to track down the suspect. DNA profiling work led investigators to a relative of the victim. Finally, to the arrest of Mata. I'm glad that there's guys working on this shit. This seems, you know, the guy shouldn't get away with it if he did it, right? And if they can put together a case, genius, after all this time, I wouldn't know where to begin. I'd be like, fuck it. Don't lead me to anybody because what am I going to do now? This guy's been dead a long time. Let's let bygones be bygones. You know what I mean? But these cold case men are absolutely brilliant, and hats off. And uh, I hope that there's somebody still alive who's related to this guy, who, you know, who got killed, that can say like, "Well, that's good." You know, a helicopter landed in Brooklyn, and uh, an unexpected, unauthorized landing. That's that's how weird shit's gotten. A helicopter landed in a vacant lot, picked up two passengers, and flew off to New Jersey with police in pursuit. What? Yeah, landed at the corner of Carroll Street and Troy Avenue in Crown. It's around 1.30 p.m. A broad daylight helicopter landing at Carroll and Troy in violent Brooklyn. A woman living nearby said she saw the helicopter take off and land twice. Second time, she saw someone get out briefly. Added her husband. It was something else, not something you see every day. These are the most reasonable people they've ever fucking had, you know. See, they always ask the dumbest fucking people for quotes, and they always print them. Usually it's somebody saying something like, if it was a helicopter... It's really loud. <laughs> it's not something you see every day. Very odd. Unusual. I think they were in on it. When the chopper departed the neighborhood, an NYPD aviation unit helicopter gave chase. Police followed it to Lakewood Township Municipal Airport, met with the pilot after it landed. The pilot told police he didn't know he couldn't land on a city street. Ah, uh, I didn't know that. Or vacant lot. I wouldn't have known it either. I would assume it. I would assume that there's like really strict FAA regulations that say you can't land on Carroll and Troy in Crown Heights and violent Brooklyn. That is out of the question. No, I wouldn't assume it. The air traffic control tower at Kennedy told, told cops that the helicopter had permission to be in the area. And he said the chopper pilot undoubtedly knew the rules about where he could land in New York City. Mackenzie did. And uh, rules and regulations, they drill it into your head. You have to know it when you pass your test. Uh, Helicopter is kind of a special vehicle. Yeah. You break the rules, someone's going to find you, Mackenzie said. Yeah, I don't think anything much is going to happen to that guy. It sounds like everybody's kind of okay with it. Yeah, I am. I, I have a story to tell you guys next week or next episode, whenever that may be, hopefully before next week. I know uh, it's been there's been a dearth of, of episodes lately of this show. Not a lot of New York City crime report. And there's plenty of crime. It's been very hard to secure the guests that I've wanted. It's very nice to have you on. And, and you're always a breath of fresh air and, uh, and a true delight. And, and people can see us November 14th at uh, Bethlehem in, uh, well, in Bethlehem at Seven Sirens. And uh, looking forward to doing that, seeing you do a long set. You've got a lot of funny jokes. And uh, it's, uh, you're, you know, we've known each other a long time. One of the funniest comics that I know and I am the funniest comic that I know, even though I'm no longer in show business. I want to ask you guys to subscribe to Compound Media. I, I, I would love it if you'd watch me. 
and, and I'm not going to beg you. It's fine. If you don't want to, great, whatever. But, you know, you really should. And people tell you it's the most honest and accurate source for news, current events, and shit that's actually going on. Uh, the perspective that you get there is unlike any other, and it's all funny. It's all comedy shows, uh, with the exception of Would You Kindly, uh, which is not a comedy show, I don't believe. Uh, but uh, you know, today, Safe Space, I'll be doing that with Talib Starks. I guest host. I'm I'm floating around there. If you're a fan of me, you got to be a fan of Compound Media, uh, and uh, it's not a lot of money. It's uh, I, if I had my choice, Compound Media or Netflix, I know which one I would choose. It would be Compound Media because Netflix. Fuck it! You ever go around on Netflix and you got to pay for shit? Mm-hmm. Like, wait a second! I just, what am I subscribing to this shit for? If I got to pay three ninety nine for this fucking movie, below me, The Exorcist two, The Heretic, and you what? You want twelve ninety nine for me to buy that that piece? Uh, anything else you wanted to uh, get in in terms of promotion, Felicia? No, I'm good. Just you know, if you want to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, uh, I am at a Felicia World, Felicia Gillespie on Facebook. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. What I said, dressed in purple, dressed in purple, walking down the street. What dressed in purple, dressed in purple. Gosh, it's really neat. <laughs>